What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Mirror Driving, episode four. I'm your host, Brace, and I'm here with Evan. Well, you're not Evan, are you? Nope. My name is Cody. Thanks for having me on today. Subbing in for Evan while he's got prior duties to attend to, I suppose. Yeah, Evan had uh, unavoidable plans, so uh, Cody's here to the rescue. Um, so it's like Evan never gone. So uh, how's your day been today? Been great. Went and saw the new Marvel movie. That was fantastic. Gearing up for Labor Day weekend, watching some playoff racing at Darlington. Excited for the Xfinity race, excited for the Cup race. Should be a great weekend of action. Yeah, I agree. So you got any Labor Day plans going on? Got any what? Uh, Labor Day plans. Oh, just to watch the races, and that's about it for me. No, Nothing big, just... Excited to watch Austin Dillon spank the field this weekend. Yeah, I bet. So uh, to the listeners, I apologize if there's any audio issues. We are recording this in a much different format this week than we usually do with Evan not being here. So if there's any audio bugs, just let's pretend it didn't happen. So with that said, Cody, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Yeah, well, let's get started. Uh, Starcom this week, I don't know if they ever actually announced it, but every NASCAR journalist did that Starcom is not only selling their charter at the end of the season, but they're also going out of business. Um, I'm not surprised. A little team shutting down with the next-gen car coming. Um, they're like 38th in owner's points right now. Quinn Hoff brings like next to no funding. There's a recipe for disaster from the get-go. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's too bad. I was kind of excited at a rumor that you had sent me about Ty Dillon maybe going there and having it be in another RCR car. I think that would have been really cool because it would have brought funding to the team. It would have brought, I mean, because honestly it would have been a fully funded team probably. It would have been built right out of RCR shops. Most likely, like they're not going to just have Starcom build cars and run where Quinn Hoff is running now. It It, it sucks because you'd never like to see teams shut down and the next-gen car is supposed to help elevate, make everybody more competitive within each other. And it seems like it's just hurting all the small teams because of the initial money down, like you were telling me. how like Year one, it might suck, but years two and three, it'll probably be beneficial for them. So definitely sucks to see. And I was pretty hyped for the possibility of Ty Dillon in the 0-0 next year. But oh well. Yeah, for uh, anyone that doesn't know what Cody's talking about, there was a little, like, small rumor going around the last couple of weeks that um, Starcom was going to race next year with uh, them taking over the RCR support with Trackhouse moving into the Ganassi role with Hendrick, and Starcom would be, like, basically a third RCR car in the way that the 99 is this year with Ty Dillon having sponsorship from Bass Pro. Obviously, that's not coming true. But uh, I think Ty Dillon has other opportunities on the horizon. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate. But, I mean, that's that's what happens when you run a race team trying to get rich, not really trying to race, in my opinion. Yeah, the idea that you're going to come in and try to make money with it instead of just going out and trying to win, it, it's never going to work like that in any form of racing. You you go into racing with 100 bucks, you're going to leave with negative 100 bucks, like, it's never going to be a winning battle money-wise. 
Yeah, and as unpopular as they are, that is kind of the point of the charter system to kind of help it make it be more uh, worthwhile for teams. But if you're running last every week, you're only going to make so much money. Um, kind of surprising. They never really seem to improve. Kind of probably building off the fact of what you said is that they just make money. Is They probably didn't put any money into the th- team to make any more money. So, unfortunate for sure. But, you know, it'll open up a charter to a new team or for Spire to have a new car. And you know, I think Spire could be pretty competitive next year. Like, Corey LaJoy is a pretty good driver. Uh, whoever they put in that second car, hopefully, will be a good driver. Maybe Michael McDowell could run there if he does lose his ride. You know, there's some pretty cool, there's some pretty good free agents open that could go there. And if Spire is competitive enough, it'd be a better use of that charter anyway. Uh, yeah, I agree. And for what you said about your surprise, Starcom never really got more competitive. I'm looking at Landon Castle's 2019 stats, and he had multiple top 30 finishes. At Martinsville and Texas in the playoffs, he finished 26th, 27th, um, finished 28th at Richmond, 29th at Las Vegas, 25th at Darlington and Bristol. So, like, Starcom had potential with Landon Castle, and then they went for Quinn Hoff, who brought – like an extra race worth of funding over Lenny Castle. But, so I that think they shot themselves. A popular the move when it happened, and it could be the move that bankrupted the company just to get a little bit more funding. Now you're not running any better. Quinhoff definitely improved. I don't know. I think I may say his last name wrong. But I think he, he's gotten better because he hasn't been involved in, you know, as much accidents as he was in the beginning, like, yeah, he certainly tears up less equipment. Saying the same thing that he like isn't like in the way as much anymore. Like he seems like he's kind of gotten better. So it's cool that he's gotten better, and it kind of stinks that as he's getting better now, all of a sudden we're probably never going to see him in a, a cup ride again. But where where does he go? Does he stay in NASCAR? Does he go back to local late model racing? What what does he do? Yeah, I'd be absolutely shocked if he stays a cup in any capacity. Um, yeah, I agree on that. He, he's definitely gotten better in that he doesn't tear up equipment as much, but he doesn't really do anything to push. If he has like a 33rd place car, he'll probably get you 33rd or 34th. He's not really going to elevate his equipment. But uh, moving on to the next uh, topic, JTG announced that they will be scaling down from two cars to one car. Uh, That's not surprising. In the last episode of this podcast, I actually said that with Ryan Priest not making the playoffs, is it even worth it for them to try entering that second car into the final 10 races? Maybe pick and choose like five or six of his better opportunities to go out and score top 10 rather than kind of stretch the funding for all 10. And they must have listened because next season they will be running one car, the 47. Uh, It is chartered and it's assumed they'll keep Ricky Stenhouse on board. He's been top 20 in points all season, while Ryan Priest currently is like 26th or 27th. So I think keeping Stenhouse is definitely the wise decision, and he brings a little bit of funding. So what do you think? I don't As know a Ryan Priest fan, confirmed or not, but I definitely saw a lot of stuff that like they were going with Ricky. Um, I'm from New England, so I'm a big Priest fan myself. So I'm in a lot of like the Priest fan groups and stuff on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. And a lot of them are acting like he definitely is, has already been announced to be out. I don't know if it's official yet or anything, but it's it. I get it. I get it for JTG. I understand. I uh, 
I know Priest probably doesn't have like the best reputation in NASCAR on the cup level since he's gone up. He hasn't really done anything. As a Priest fan, I'm really hoping he goes down to Xfinity in a good ride and gets, you know, elevates his name a little bit more. There's something to winning an Xfinity race. He just won a truck race too, so like he shouldn't be looked at like he's a mediocre driver, but I think a lot of people look down on him as a driver. So I'm hoping that he gets back into the Xfinity series, and I think he could kick some tail in the Xfinity series if he were able to go down there. So uh, as a fan of his, I'm really hoping that's what happens for him. I don't think JTG was ever the move, to be honest with you. A lot of people, when he moved there, were like, I probably would have stayed in Xfinity. But it's easy to say that, but everybody wants to go cup racing. Yeah, I definitely think if he knew then what he does now, he would have taken on a more competitive cup ride. I mean, Xfinity ride. Um, but yeah, whenever you worked your whole career to get up to the Cup Series and you have an opportunity to go full-time in a decent equipment car, um, you got to take it. The issue is his rookie year was 2019, the first year with this high downforce package, and that is literally the opposite of what he's used to. Yep. Um, 550 horsepower, a car that you can just drive full throttle around the track at like the Las Vegas. Um, he was destined for failure from the start, which really sucks, man. He went and won a lot of races in Joe Gibbs equipment and a limited schedule. He took a chance on himself. And I think you're right. He definitely doesn't have the best reputation in cup for a long time. If there was a wreck, the 37 was in it or the 47 in 2019. Um, I really think they believed in him. The 47 is like the flagship JTG car and they put him in it as a rookie. Um, and no one's really gone to JTG and elevated their career. Allmendinger has had more of a career at Colleague than he ever did at JTG. Busher, you could argue, did something at JTG, but his only cup win came in front row, and then he went to Roush. Um, and right now, Ricky Stenhouse is honestly trying to get rid of the, the uh, I guess, Stenhouse stereotype that tears up a lot of equipment. He's having a good year, a sleeper year, but even then, like, there's not much you can do with that equipment. So hopefully next year with just one car, and, uh, you know, there was always that door bump, a clear rumor of a, a mid-level Chevy team switching to Toyota. Uh, I, I do know that. Now if there's just one car for them to switch, don't you think it would be easier to switch one that, car? That's what I'm switch? saying. Yeah, if uh, – you got to wonder if that's what they were talking about. Um, that would Toyota said they wanted more teams. Don't you think so. that would be good for them? Like, right now they're like a – they're the bottom of the. They're not the bottom of the barrel of the Chevy team, but you know they're below Hendrick, they're below RCR, they're below where Ganassi was. I guess you could think maybe they would go up a little bit now that Ganassi is leaving the sport. But, I mean, Trackhouse is going to take that spot, and they're already behind Trackhouse. True, true, true. That's a good point. That's all good points. Like I guarantee you, Ryan Priest and Stenhouse are not getting any simulator time at Chevy. Oh, I'm sure of that. So maybe the switch to Toyota, I mean, that would make sense for them. Like you're still going you're going to be the third tier team in Toyota, but I think that's better than being not even on the thought process of a Chevy. Yeah, and I do want to quickly say JTG to Toyota is just a rumor. It doesn't even have that much legs to it. It's more so we're just speculating. Um 
but I do think if Toyota wants JTG, JTG would be foolish not to go back. They were obviously with Toyota back in 2012 and 2013. Um, but I, don't know, I think putting all your focus into Stenhouse, who is a good driver, I don't really care the, the argument about he cares about equipment. Stenhouse is a good driver. Two-time Xfinity like champ. Elevating that equipment this year, I feel like he's had a couple runs where he's been like, oh, crap, Ricky Stenhouse is up there right now? Really? Like, wow. Like, maybe he didn't. I just feel like he always gets the most out of his equipment, and that might be why he wrecks, because he's pushing that to the absolute limit. But I, I got to appreciate somebody who's getting more out of their equipment than other people. Like, as much as I'm a fan of Ryan Priest, well, he's running wherever he's – where did you say he was, 27th in points or something? Yeah, around there. So he's around I think he is 27th. There. And then you got Stenhouse in 20th in points. He's elevating the equipment compared to his teammate. He He's definitely a, a wheel man, and he, he shows that every time he goes out there. I feel like he's do, getting the most out of his equipment. Everyone loves Ross Chastain for doing that, but gives crap to Ricky Stenhouse, who's just trying to push his equipment, and that's why he tears up equipment sometimes. Yeah, Ricky definitely. Um, I'm looking at his stats. He's actually had quite a good year. Um, he's, he has he only has two top tens and one top five this year, but his average finish is an eighteen point six. I feel like um, that's top one top five. That's pretty damn impressive for a JTG car. Oh, for sure. Uh, last year he had three top fives, four top tens, and a pole. Uh, I think he got that at Daytona. Yeah, I remember that pole at Daytona. Yeah, that that's pretty impressive for JTG equipment. That that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, last year Ricky finished twenty fourth in points. Right now he's currently twentieth in points. He was eighteenth in points before the playoffs got set because he was ahead of. Uh, I think he had just passed McDowell, and he was ahead of uh, someone else who had a win. I can't Almarola. recall. Almarola, thank you. Yes, so twentieth in points. He can finish the highest before he won at Loudon. Yeah, that is true. That's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, especially as an Austin Dillon fan, you were there to witness it. Yep. There to um, witness the guy kick my guy out of the playoffs. What a kick in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to talk about that in a little bit, and you'll get to take your frustrations out on Almarola. But I think we said what we need to say about JTG. I'm uh, really hyped for Stenhouse. If they do keep him, it'd be foolish to drop him. Who are you going to go with? You know what I mean? Like Newman? No. There's no one better um, in the market for them at all. There's no one. There's no one in Xfinity that they could bring up that would be better than Stenhouse. There's no one available. If anyone says Maddie Maddie D to the 47, I'm sorry. Just find the closest cliff that you're on and just jump off it because you got to hop off <laughs> the Maddie D train. This dude gets so much love, and I hear see him and rumored to every single car on Twitter. Oh, if Maddie D had a top ride, if Maddie D had. A, he had a top ride for two years. He blew it. Let him go down to Xfinity and show that he could – he probably still won't win a race. <laughs> oh, man, I raged about Maddie D a couple episodes ago, so you know I agree. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, with that said, let's move on to the next topic. Um, 2311 Racing and Front Row Motorsports. The rumors are swirling again about 2311, either – just outright buying one of the front row charters or absorbing the cup program from front row and getting both charters. Um, 
when they announced Kurt Busch to 2311 a week ago last Friday, they did announce a charter. They don't have a charter yet for the 45 car. Could that be the 38 charter next year or from this year? Could it be the 34 charter? Um, it would really suck to win the Daytona 500, make the playoffs for the second time in team history, and then go out of business. Um, especially for McDowell. He had a career year and likely will be out of a ride next year. What are your thoughts? I feel like he's ran pretty good, too, even outside of just the Daytona 500 win, like especially for the equipment that they have. I feel like he's had a pretty darn good year. Uh, that that would suck, man. That that would just that would just prove that NASCAR is just rushing. Uh, I guess you can't say that because they it just sucks. You know, you, you say this is this next gen car. Is, remember when they announced this? It was branded as a, a move to help the smaller teams. Like I, I remember seeing that. It's not something I made up. It, the, right? That, no, you're that, definitely right. And all we're seeing is smaller teams close, smaller teams close, and they get absorbed by teams that have funding from a manufacturer. That's what that's what twenty three eleven is. That's probably they when they have Jordan funding. They got the funding from having all Bubba, and it's like it just sucks. And Denny's not exactly poor himself. It just it it sucks, man. Like you 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 pushed something on the fans as four small teams. You know they bought bought into it. Not to change the subject, but then I saw what Kyle Busch had to say about this next-gen car. Two weeks ago, I was so excited about the next-gen car. We were looking at Daytona 500 tickets to go see the first race with the next-gen car. And here I am two weeks later, and I feel like I just dropped a plate of chicken tenders all over the floor. And they got dirt all <laughs> over them. Because I swear to God, I feel like it's just a, it's just a bad day right now. Because it's just sad. You're seeing all these teams close, and Michael McDowell's screwed. Then you're going to... It just sucks, dude. That's my opinion on that one. I now, will say, if they can to take be out fair, Charter, that would be great. That <laughs> dude stinks. There's no reason for him to be in Cup. I loved them on the RCR Xfinity team for like two or three races. You know, like that was awesome. And then we're gonna put him up into Cup and <laughs> ruin his career. But he's gonna have to do the John Hunter thing, where you you, you go up to Cup, you suck with front row because they suck. Their second car sucks. Like. McDowell's good. McDowell's a McDowell's a phenomenal driver in my opinion. Like he's been a slept on driver for his whole career, just sticking it out with front row. I, I Oh I, I agree. I, so maybe you know what? I'm sitting here saying like these teams suck, like but it sucks that we're losing them. But maybe it doesn't suck. Maybe this is what we need is get rid of all the crappy teams. We'll get a bunch of good teams. I think if you have you'll have more competitiveness on that. 12th through 30th instead of having 20 good car 22 good cars maybe and then 23rd through 30th like eh, you might have a couple of guys that are good in there that have an off nights but you know what i mean right i actually have two thoughts on what you just said all right let's hear them brother the first one i don't think front row would be selling out because of the next gen car i think it's more so that their interest in their charters is so high that it's kind of like a Ganassi deal where they weren't planning on selling, but 2311's coming with an offer they can't refuse. Because um, that 34 charter is going to be worth quite a bit of money. The way the charter system works is you get an average of like where you were in the understandings like the last three years. So like you take your last three years and put an average on it. And right now the 34 is crazy high. Um, 
The 38, not the so playoffs. Because they made the playoffs and the 34 is guaranteed to finish top 16 in points. So that's just going to raise the average quite a bit. The 34 charters were a lot more than any of the Rick Ware charters, for instance, or the Spire charters. Okay. I didn't, that's good to know. That's good to know. And also, if Front Row does, in fact, sell their Cup team, they are going to run Xfinity and Truck. So it's not like they're leaving the sport. I think they'll just be taking a brief hiatus from Cup. Um, They'd be running Xfinity? Two. Uh, that's what Bob Parker said. That it's really? That, so would McDowell yeah. go to Xfinity with them, or would he try to find a cup run? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they ran a um, Xfinity team for McDowell and Todd Gilland. I don't know. That hasn't. I haven't heard much about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be. They want to keep McDowell. Like they love him. He got him the Daytona 500 win. You know. Imagine that you win the Daytona 500. You make the playoffs but you get demoted to Xfinity, and you still got people saying Matty D should be a cup driver. Yeah. But um, to hype up McDowell a little bit, I'm looking at his stats, and whenever you said he was having a career, a career year, you were not wrong. Um, through only 26 races. He's outperforming what he used to do. That's what I'm saying. Through only 26 races. This is comparing 26 races through full seasons of 36 races. He has the most top tens he's ever had in a season with five. His previous record was four. He's tied the most top fives he's ever had in a season with two, and he's got a win. He's also seven laps shy of leading the most laps he's ever led in a season, which um, admittedly is only 33. He's led 26 right now. Um, his average finish is the highest it's ever been with a 19.7. His average starts the highest it's ever been with a 16.7. He's 12th in points right now. He has 15 lead lap finishes through 26 races with front row equipment. Um, he only has three DNFs right now. So, like, he's had a really good year. The, I did not think he led that many laps this year. Were, were most of those in the Daytona 500? I felt like wasn't – I must be misremembering the Daytona 500. I'm, I'm shocked to hear his laps led that high. Like, I know he's been doing good, like, running, like – like in the top five, top ten, like especially at road courses, like you know, he used to always pop up on the road courses and like be doing good. But it felt like, I felt like he just was patching together more consistent throughout the year. It's it's cool to see that the stats are showing that, but all for what to get be a first round elim and kick down to Xfinity that that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, you want to hear a fun fact? I'd love a fun fact. Let's hear it. Smack me with it. In the Daytona 500, he only led one lap. So where did the – what other tracks did he lead? I'm trying to think. I cannot think of where McDowell he led. Was. He led nine laps at Las Vegas. He led three laps at Coda. He led five laps at Pocono. Seven laps at the other Pocono. He led one lap at the Indianapolis GP. So – the the Coda one doesn't surprise me. I felt like he was he had a pretty good run there. Where did he finish at Coda? Um, seventh. Yep, there you go. That, there he is. That showing up at road courses, showing up at super speedways. If he could find a way to avoid carnage in this first round, and then make it and try to win Talladega or the Roval or something, can you imagine? That'd be like a Ryan Newman type story from the first year they did the playoff. So I'm looking at his stats right now, obviously. At Darlington, he finished 27th. At 
Richmond, he finished 27th. Uh, at Not Martinsville, he finished 31st. So, yeah. It's, it's tough. But, oh, go ahead. It, it, that, that's tough. Hearing that, hearing that <laughs> makes me a little less excited for the Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman type uh, run. It makes me a little <laughs> less thinking that might happen. I would say do not bet money on Michael McDowell to finish highly in these races. Jeez, that sucks. That... Wow. So I guess I know who's going to be in your uh, shocked part of the segment later on. I'm shocked um, how bad he is at these three tracks. These are three tracks you would think, like Michael McDowell, like a short track kind of thing, you know? Like, you would think they would play into his wheelhouse. But I don't know if that's the team. That, that's got to be the team, right? Like, to be well, that bad at all three of these tracks, that's the 750 horsepower, right? So, I mean, I guess it's not too shocking that when the higher horsepower front row fumbles the bag a little. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he was four laps down at Richmond, so I don't really know if there was an issue there. Darlington, he was five laps down. Or no, uh, six laps down, excuse me. And Bristol. Well, I mean, that was Bristol Dirt. Yeah, Bristol Dirt's kind of hard to use as a judgment. For- I said Martinsville earlier. That's not until the round of eight. My bad. So Bristol Dirt, he finished 12th. Um... Looking at his stats, though, he only has he has three DNFs. Only two of them are due to crashes. One of those came at Martinsville, which is, you know, that, that makes sense. The second one came at the Indianapolis Road Course where he hit the damn jump. And then the third one was an engine failure at Daytona. Hey, so like, he screwed Austin Dillon in that race, too. So, you know, I'm here <laughs> trying to hype him up. But, man, he screwed Austin. Yeah. You know what? I hope he gets eliminated in the first round now. I just remembered that. <laughs> he did that and screwed my boy. You know what? You're out. Get out. Go back to Xfinity. <laughs> you're done. Speaking of you're out, it's rumored right now that Johnny Sauter is going to be out of a ride this year. Thor Sport kicking him to the curb. What's your thoughts on that one? Brother, I'm going to keep it 100% honest with you. I think I've watched one truck race this year. <laughs> um. I, I and I'm gonna say this. I put the truck race on with Derek Griffith, another. He's from New Hampshire, where I'm from. So I put the I put that race on, and they, they, I was watching a little bit of the race hub, and uh, they were they were giving the girl in the show. Uh, I sound terrible. I'm sorry. I don't know her name, but they were they were talking, and she I guess supposedly she kept picking Johnny Sauter, and they were picking on her and saying, "You gonna pick Johnny Sauter again?" So. I'm going to take race hub at fact and say Johnny Sauter has had a bad year. And and he, he didn't make the playoffs, right? He's missed the playoffs the last two years. So it's like, why, why should they keep him? I mean, it sounds he's, I know he's kind of an iconic name in the trucks, you know, like, but, but what do they gain by keeping him in all honesty? He's not young. So he's not like some developmental driver. I don't even think he brings that much funding. He hasn't done anything the last two years, clearly, but if he's not making the playoffs, so it's like, you know, I feel like some people might get all worked up. The working man's getting kicked out of NASCAR. But it's like, well, if you're not doing anything, okay, bye. You're in the truck series. You're supposed to be there winning races, showing these kids that you got to beat me to move up. Well, they're whooping your ass right now, brother. 
Yeah, looking at his stats this year, 16 races, three top fives, five top tens. He's led 33 laps. He's led 33 laps. He's finished a lap down four times, and he has three DNFs. So, like, and he missed the playoffs. So, And and Thor Sports, they're not a bad truck team. Like, they're considered one of the top truck teams. So, it's like, you're kind of wasting a spot here, dude. Like, now, here's where I'm going to need your expertise, your book of knowledge, your computer that you have right next to you. Is Ty yeah. Majeski full-time in the truck series? What are the odds? I was about to talk about him. He is rumored who's going to take that ride. And four I starts this year, right he now. has two top ten. Uh, he got a DNF at Gateway, and he finished 14th at Pocono. So, like, Ty Majeski, how many chances is Ty Majeski going to get before he – we give up on that experiment. Uh, I mean, look at – he had the 60 the sixty Xfinity car, which look at the two other drivers in that car that really didn't do that great. And look what they're both doing now. They're both going to be cup drivers next year. And yep, Chase Briscoe and Austin Singer for those so that are, just don't remember. They did better than him, right, in that ride? Yeah. I assume. But it's like – I mean, everyone are, basically wrecked every week. I was going to say, yeah, the curse of the 60. I remember that picture on Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Ty Majeski. I just like the, I like the story, you know. He goes out and he wins a bunch of – he's kind of like the failed Josh Berry. You know what I mean? Like, they both won a bunch of late model races. They worked their way up. Majeski got a shot. He really hasn't done much with it. You know what? I'd rather put him in there than than Sauter, though. Like, yeah, he's not some high. I think player. I think they put Majeski in next year, and if he doesn't work out, then we just gotta move on from Ty Majeski. If he works out, then that's great because I I like Ty Majeski. But at some point, man, you've been given so many chances and quality equipment. He was full time with Nice last year and didn't do anything. Um. All right, again, me not knowing trucks. What has Nice done since Chastain has left? What have they been up to? I mean, their rookie driver, Carson Hosevar, made the playoffs this year. Okay, okay. Did, did, and Majeski did not make the playoffs with them last year full-time, correct? Majeski got pulled out midway through the season, and Trevor Bain and a whole bunch of other people took over. Wait. All right, we should probably just avoid trucks so I don't make myself look like a <laughs> complete jackass and dumbass. Because I'm trying here, but I'm sorry. I tried watching that truck race, and once Derek wrecked out, I, I fell asleep. The um, trucks have been very bad this year. It's a bunch of rich kids with no respect. But yeah. one final thing on Johnny Sauter. The truck series doesn't have a lot of talent this year, in my opinion. And his average finish is still a 17.3 in a team that has two trucks in the playoffs. Like, that's not going to cut it. No. And, and and like you said, give Majeski his final shot. Be like, you know what, dude? This is it. What do you got in the tank? Let's see it. And, you know, if he doesn't show up, what what's what's lost? I mean, it's not like he's going to – Sauter's going to make the playoffs. He's already missed it twice in a row. So it's like, well, you're not doing it. Let's see what someone else can do. And I'm not positive, but I believe – Sauter in 2019 got eliminated in the first round. So, you know, it's been three tough seasons. But so moving on. I have one last oh, thing. Go ahead. The, last yeah. t- I, the last thing I remember about Johnny Sauter 
Do you remember the Talladega thing? The, the Where he thing? forced Riley Herbst under the apron? Yeah. And, and I, st- I, that's the last memory I have of him. And now we're talking about him. Like, that was probably like three or four years ago, right? Or I think that was 2019 or 2019. So, so that uh, maybe was the 2020. last time I heard about him. I thought he was out of the ride, to be honest with you, until I had Race Hub on and they were giving that girl crap for keep picking him. So hey, he's done nothing. I, I think it's time, and we, I think it's time for us to move on as well. I think I I beat the dead horse here. And you know what? He's done good. He's a he's the 2016 Truck Series champion. In 2018, he won six races. He has 24 career wins, only nine poles, which is surprising. Uh, he's 43 years old. Let's let's yeah. end that experiment. And, but and you uh. Know what? Give him his credit. He had a good truck career. Like, you know, he's a champion, but it's sometimes, you know, you, you just got to move on. Yeah, it, it'll be sad, but yeah, that's life. Um, an experiment I'm actually excited about. <clears throat> they announced uh, today or yesterday, uh, Thursday, that NASCAR and I Am Athlete are going to have a content partnership. Um, I Am Athlete is a YouTube channel slash podcast slash show. With four ex-NFL players, it's hosted by Brandon Marshall, who used to play on my Chicago Bears. So I have a soft spot for Brandon Marshall. Um, this fall, uh, I Am Athlete and NASCAR will explore the sports culture and fan experience across 16 video episodes and premiere on the show's YouTube channel early this fall. So 16 episodes is pretty legit. Like, that's a, that's a good deal. I Am Athlete isn't just a football podcast. They've had people like Jake Paul on. They've had Michael Vick. So, well, I guess that is football. But, like, they reach a large demographic. So, 16 episodes dedicated to NASCAR is going to help the sport a ton. It's cool to see more football players keep getting involved. Like, Alvin Kamara got involved. He's now, like, official ambassador of the sport, right? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He has his own office. Yeah, that. so it's it's really – it's neat. It's awesome. It's, it, you're seeing – you're kind of seeing what happened, like, because Joe Gibbs, that's how he got into it. He came from football. Like, it's cool. It, it's awesome. It, whatever we can get for publicity to get out that it's not just a dumb redneck sport. Cause hopefully, in the next 10, 15 years, that mantra can start to get broken. They're already working with that, you know, with all the steps they've taken that they're trying to take. I think every little bit helps to try to get out of that. And you, I still get people who just at my work, oh, take a left turn. There's seven road course <laughs> races now. Come on. Like, it, it's not just left turns. There's there's right turns too. And it's okay to admit that there's right turns. Like, it's, it's all good news. All good news for the sport. Yep. So I'm excited to watch all 16 of those episodes this fall. Uh, moving forward, let's do the Darlington preview. So, Darlington is Sunday at 6 p.m. I don't know. Is it 6 p.m. Eastern? Yes, sir. I probably should have had that checked beforehand. I do know the truck race is Sunday at, I believe, 1 p.m. Eastern. So, the truck races? Yeah. Well, your boy and then might the Xfinity race is Saturday. Yep, it's the second Truck Series playoff race, so that'll be a fun one. The Xfinity race is Saturday afternoon. Denny Hamlin and... Austin Dillon, baby! Yeah, Denny Hamlin and Austin Dillon will be running that race. 
gonna assume Vinny's gonna get the win because he's like a Darlington God in the Xfinity series, but he's a Darlington uh, God. This <sighs> hasn't been Darlington God in the Cup series in a while. But let's this talk about the starting. He did actually. It was Rain Shorten though. Still win. Yeah, let's talk about the um, the starting lineup. All 16 playoff drivers will start in the top 16, which I hate, but the owner points, like, it's kind of hard for them not to. But Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin will be on the front row. Uh, notables, in my opinion, you got Kurt Busch third, Larson all the way back in sixth, Tyler Reddick up to seventh, Almarola eighth, Truex tenth, and then Michael McDowell fifteenth, Brad Keselowski sixteenth. Non-playoff drivers, the front, the first row of non-playoff drivers is very interesting to me. You got Bubba Wallace seventeenth, Ryan Priest eighteenth, um, Justin Haley twentieth, Austin Dillon twenty-first. Justin um, that high in this fire car? That's that's going to be very interesting. He got a top ten last week. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a crazy start with having those like Priest and Haley up there. I hate the format they do for qualifying. Not to sound like a Debbie Downer, but I hate it. Only I 10 more races to go. I know. Not even I nine more races. I miss qualifying. Hey, at least we're getting it for the uh, championship race. Can you imagine That'd if they nice. set the championship race by some Mickey Mouse freaking thing they came up with that they plugged numbers into a computer? I can't imagine that because I'm pretty sure they did it last year. Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah. Um... That's basically all there is to talk about for the starting lineup. Uh, I am that excited for Darlington. They're using the 750 package with low downforce the way God intended. Uh, Darlington is so good. Uh, do you think it's going to be big for Denny and Austin to run the Xfinity race with the reconfig- or the repaving of turn one and two? To get a little I, bit of extra practice on that for everyone else? I do. I am. Um... I, I sent you a late-night text saying, Austin Dillon's going to win the race because he's getting the Xfinity practice because I did not realize Denny Hamlin was too. Um, <laughs> that That's bad news for the playoff drivers that Denny Hamlin's getting extra practice at a track he's already really good at. I know we're not talking about the betting segment yet, but it's, it's tough to bet against Denny Hamlin this weekend to just sweep the weekend as long as the cars are legal. Um Oh, man. That or if he just doesn't miss Pit Road. Those are his only two kryptonites at Darlington. But I, Well, he missed it in 2017 and still won and then failed inspection. So Yeah, I mean, those are his two kryptonites. So it's the only way you're going to beat Denny Hamlin at Darlington. I or if he speeds. Actually, lately at the end of stage two, he seems to have a loose wheel every week. Hmm. Maybe somebody's trying to self-sabotage him. Maybe a, yeah. a bit fishy situation. I'm uh I'm looking at Denny's stats at Darlington right now. And through 18 races, he only has two finishes outside the top 10. Those coming in 2019 and 2020. So, you know, lately he's been kind of running kind of rough. He finished fifth here in May. So, he should be one to watch. Do you um, think them changing turn two? Like, how do you think that's going to impact the race? I honestly don't know because I didn't look too much into it. I think it was just kind of a refigurate or a uh, repaving because the track was holding water and coming apart. I wonder if it's going to affect tire wear. It, it, 
probably will. Like you like you would think, think it would. Like, turn one and two was more of a, not wide open, but you were on the throttle a lot more. And turn two is a tough corner to get off of. So, I don't know. I wonder if that's going to make guys feel a lot more ballsy and get more down on strikes. I think they'll have a lot more grip. And then where they, they end up not having as much because it's freshly paved. I it's gonna I love how it's gonna add a new element to the first playoff race. Like it's something so small like that always ends up to be more of a bigger deal than it seems to be. Because and it it shows the best drivers that will just go in and make it look easy. You know, like mm-hmm. but I think I think it'll add an extra element to the race, I think, because it's all new, you know what I mean? Like that whole area is is newly paved. I I would imagine it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like I'm probably it might be looked back on this on Monday and be like, dude, it didn't change anything. But it's possible. I don't see how it doesn't. I don't know. Bro. I don't see how it doesn't change. Like Darlington is known for the tire wear, and if half the track or half, but a quarter of the track is brand new, what asphalt? Uh. I don't know. Do you think they put PJ one or anything on that side of the track, or do they just? I think it? NASCAR would, How would that work? Thing to put anything on the track because they love just spraying shit all over the track. They love it. It's their favorite thing to do. I swear to God, Steve O'Donnell just he just looks <laughs> forward to that. He's like, oh, spray the track, spray it. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's they they spray it on tracks that. It, they probably wouldn't use PJ one. They'd probably use the resin, right? So I think I've actually liked the resin though. I hope yeah. they just leave it. Like Darlington's such a weird track. It's one groove because you don't really want to go anywhere else. So I'm hoping they just leave it. Um, I don't really know what else we can preview from the race. Uh, who are two drivers you'd bet on this week? Let's move into that segment. We're doing two, you said. Yeah, two drivers you'd bet on. Let's just give one at a time. You do one, I'll do one. Denny Hamlin. I'm gonna take your number. Yeah, that's my first one. That's my I first. I mean, one. That, that 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 I feel like you're giving him the extra practice. Um, how are there any other? And he's starting guys? with a great track position. Are there any other playoff guys in the Xfinity race? I don't actually. I don't think so. I can check real quick. Just keep talking. So it, we're, I'm gonna talk about this. Presuming there's no other Xfinity, no other playoff guys in the Xfinity race. I think you're giving a guy – Darlington's probably his best track. Um, you're giving him more practice than his other competitors on – like we were just talking about that turn two thing. It may not be that big of a deal, but he's going to have like 300 laps around that before guys even touch the track. There's something to be said about that. I think I think even if he didn't have that, you'd bet Denny. Um, I feel like – his odds may not be the best, so you're not going to be winning a heck of a lot of money unless you put a heck of a lot of money down. But I feel like he's a safe bet. You know what I mean? Like he's not one where you're. He's not a dark horse. He's your. He's your one where you got to pay rent on Friday, but you're ten bucks short, so you put a hundred to make the ten bucks back. That that's that's kind of what I'm saying. So, Denny is not the only playoff driver running. Tyler Reddick is also racing, which I think is pretty huge. That That's that's very big because this is a track I would think Tyler Reddick would be pretty good at as well. And it, it fits his driving style. He gets the extra practice. 
I think that's huge. I think that that could that could be a game changer for Tyler Reddick. He finished twelfth here in the spring, so it's not unfathomable to think Tyler Reddick could do something. Tyler Reddick's also studying seventh, and the way this this format works, he and it's so hard to pass at Darlington. As long as he doesn't put it in the fence. He's already starting with a pretty good advantage over the guys he's racing to get into the next round. You know, the Kevin Harvick's, the Eric Almarola's, the um, Michael McDowell's. Starting seventh, that as long as he doesn't screw it up, that's almost guaranteed stage points. You know what I mean? He has been so, finding a way to screw it up lately, though. He is very lucky. I like Oh, he Tyler tried giving Reddick. it away as many times as possible. Yeah, I like Tyler Reddick. But man, he was trying to find a way to get Austin Dillon in the playoffs there. And those, I swear to God, Austin found a way to hook himself off the front nose. Everyone clowned him for a week. But Reddick could have all but locked himself in the playoffs, and he still found a way to, to screw it up there. And then goes to Daytona, just with the way the stages played out, he had like 18 points. And he still. Still found a way to get involved in the wreck. I know it's hard to avoid the wrecks at Daytona and stuff, but it's like, dude, why aren't you hanging in the back waiting for the big one and then just, you know, weaving by, getting your spots, locking yourself in? Like, I know if Austin had won or if any of the other guys had won, then he would have been screwed. But I don't I I, I hope now that he's in the playoffs, he kind of backs it down a little bit because I think if he backs it down a sea hair then he could probably find a way to keep it off the wall, and he could win this race and move on to the next round, honestly. Yeah. We'll get to that later on, trust me. So uh, we both will bet money on Hamlin. Who else would you bet on? March Rick Jr., I think would be. Damn, man, you're stealing my picks. All right, all right, all right. I'll let you have Truex. I'll let you have Truex because I got one more for you. I got one more for you. This is a weird gut feeling that I have laying in my bed at 11.30 at night. Kurt Busch. I don't know why. I have no idea why. There's, there's no logical reason, and this is probably why I lose all my money on DraftKings. But I feel, <laughs> I, I feel like Kurt Busch is going to have a good good day tomorrow. I feel like it's a Kurt Busch kind of day I, 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 or Sunday. I, I don't know why. I just He just had the thing come out about the new team. He's trying to get Canassi out on top. I think he's going to have a good playoffs, man. I think he's going to shock some people in the playoffs. I think Ganassi wants to go out on top. Something to think about, you know, and he's probably got some odds where it's like if you put a dollar on it, you might win like 10 bucks. So it's like there's there's one that you might bet. I'm just saying, remember before Atlanta when I said you heard it here first, Kurt Busch wins. Um, I'm looking at his stats, and since he joined Chip Ganassi Racing, he's raced five times at Darlington. He has three top tens, one top five, finished third in 2020. But in May of this year, he finished 35th. I mean, he uh, had he wrecked out. He, yeah, he wrecked out. That um, third place finish, man, that makes me feel like my gut at 11.30 at night. Bet the farm on it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, his five finishes... Uh, since driving for Ganassi, have been 7th, 3rd, 15th, 8th, 35th. So, Darlington, one of his better tracks, apparently, as of late. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, 
And, you know, Kurt Busch always wins one race out of the year. And doesn't the Southern 500 just feel like one that he would win? I mean, he's already got his one win, but, yeah. I, I could see him winning, darling. I mean, remember 2003, I'm just saying. Yes, sir. So, we already established this. My uh, would bet on is Ryan – or, not Ryan. <laughs> Martin Jurex Jr. Um, that's not, like, that sexy of a pick, but, I mean, he won – here in the spring, like, how are you going to bet against him? Like, I wouldn't bet against him. That's why I'd bet on him. Um, let's move on to the not shocked. This is the part where we talk about we wouldn't put money on them, you know, if betting was legal here in Texas. We would not put money on them, but we wouldn't be surprised if they won. Do you have anyone for this? Yeah, I think I think somebody I wouldn't be shocked to win. Now, this is going to be kind of silly, but because he's won two in a row, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Ryan Blaney win. I wouldn't be shocked to see him have an, another good run where he he finds a way to get it done. He he's found I know I I know you didn't agree with Evan calling him the closer in the group chat, but in all honesty Oh, absolutely. I, in all honesty, he's he's making himself a great case for it, you know, and he's a driver that I think is going to get a little bit more backing than someone like, say, Brad Keselowski will this playoff run. I know teams will say that's not how they're going to do it, but we're, Brad's in a really weird spot where he's out at the end of the year. He's not doing a lot of the testing with them now. I think Blaney's in a great position where this playoffs, I mean, the past two weeks have been great. And I think he's got all the momentum. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him win again. It just wouldn't shock me. Um, I'm not going to try changing your mind, but would you like to hear his stats at Darlington? Sure. Uh, nine races in the Cup Series, Darlington. One career top ten. It happened this year, though. So that could make you feel better. He finished in the stage points both stages in May. He finished eighth. Um, he led zero laps, though. Um, his other finishes go 24th, 21st, 16th, 13th, 15th, 31st, 13th, 30th. So I do you know. have one thing to say though. I, I feel like Ryan Blaney this year is a different drive, maybe not a different driver, but he's just, he's taken the experience that he's gotten over those years. He's put it all together. I feel like this year and he's more of a complete driver. So I just something to think about. And then you said he did good here in the beginning of the year. Maybe he won't win, but I think he'll be in the stage points the whole race. I, I definitely agree. Do you think Ryan Blaney will get five more top tens in the next ten races? Five more top tens. So then if fifty percent of the races he gets a top ten, I'd say yeah. yeah. I think I think that's a fair bet. I think honestly I could see him winning. Two races this playoffs, probably, maybe. Um, he He's a sleeper pick. To, he's getting hot at the right time. You look at other sports and you look at teams who got hot at the right time. And he's, he's I know they're on two tracks that you really don't want to look too much into. You so still got to put yourself in position. Yes, and I think he's, done that. he's found a way to do that. And, I think these playoffs are going to be crazy. I think people are going to be driving over their heads. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going around the cut line. And I honestly think Ryan Blaney will stay calm the whole time. And he'll, that that's going to work to his advantage. 
and it, he's got to win at the Roval. And I know it, it was the same thing. Wait for other people to mess up. And I think other people are going to mess up this playoffs. I really do. I think, I think there's a lot more pressure. This is the last Gen 6 playoffs. I think the last time before you go to the next gen car. I think there's going to be a lot of guys in this playoffs that, I mean, I know every year is important to try to win the championship. I, I just feel like they're going to go out with a bang. Um, the reason I'd asked if you thought he would get five more top tens is because he is on track to have a career year. He has four less top tens currently than his best ever in a season. And that's with 10 less races. He has three less top fives ever. Or he has three less top fives now than he had in his best season, which is 11. He's at eight now. And he obviously has the most wins he's ever had in a year. So I, I do agree Ryan Blaney is a different Ryan Blaney. However, as we'll talk about later, I'm not so sure I agree with you on the uh, contender thing. But it's for a different reason than you might think. Someone that I wouldn't bet on, but I wouldn't be shocked if they won, and hear me out on this one, is William Byron. Makes sense. William Byron has been running fantastic lately. He's having a career. Um, in the last two Darlington races, he has two top fives. Uh, he got a pole there in 2019. He has only ever led three laps there in his career, but he got stage points both stages in May. Um, I could just see William Byron doing something well. Uh, this is unrelated to betting, but I have a theory on why I think William Byron's going to do good. I told you this in a voice message, I think, yesterday. But for the listeners, I think a lot of drivers realized they had no chance at the regular season championship. They were too far back because Denny was so good at the beginning of the year. And I think Denny himself fits into this category. I think a lot of guys were testing stuff for the playoffs the last couple of weeks, the last I don't know, half dozen weeks or so, especially the ones that were locked in. And I think William Byron's one of them. I think he will be sneaky good. Easy round of eight contender. Easy. How about um, do you think the same thing about him? I mean, Bowman wins at such random times, it's hard to bet against him. Because he's a guy like, he's a guy that, like, we really haven't heard well, much from since he won last. He'll finish 30th two weeks in a row and then win the next week. So, like, it's hard to predict Alex Bowman. True. But uh, I think so many guys have been, like, preparing for the playoffs and just testing things, Denny Hamlin included that Kyle Larson was so hell-bent on winning the regular season championship, I don't think he'll be as good in the playoffs as he has been. Like, look at last year. Through the first 26 races, Harvick and Hamlin won 14 of the 26 races, and they combined for two wins in the playoffs. And one of those was at Talladega, and the other one was at Bristol in the first round. So you don't usually see the same guys that are dominant in the regular season be dominant in the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Larson wins, like, over, under, three wins in the playoffs? I'd take the under. Two I'd wins in the playoffs. Over. Max. You think I'd so? Let's make a bet on that. Okay. Here, here first. I don't know what we're going to bet. Maybe just pride because I'm broke. But Yeah, I feel you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, back to William Byron. A fifth and a third. I mean, uh, a fourth and a fifth. His last two races at Darlington. I wouldn't be surprised if he won. So, uh, who's your second? <clears throat> The, so this is the I wouldn't be shocked, but I wouldn't bet money. Correct. How about Kyle Busch? You know, I feel like oh, that's a good one. I feel like I feel like Kyle Busch is somebody who he might be part of the group you're talking about. You know, he he's been 
Because for a while there, it felt like if Hendrick wasn't the dominant team that they were this year, Kyle Busch would would have been winning more races. Because he was. It always seemed like he was the guy that was. It was the Hendrick cars, then Kyle Busch, and then everybody else, and then even maybe I'm misremembering this one, but even the Kurt Busch win wasn't wasn't Kyle fast that race. I feel like Kyle Busch. Yeah, when Kurt Busch won at Atlanta, he won because Chastain blocked Kyle Busch. Yeah. So, and it was those two cars, and then it was like eight seconds to the guy in third. It, I feel like Kyle Busch, every time he's fast, he just gets screwed by a Chevy being faster. And I just think that Chevy's faster than Toyota this year. I think that, I mean, I, that's not a hot take. That's, that's just obvious. It's, yeah, it's definitely not a hot take. Um, but... And I think so. I think Kyle Busch is. I think Kyle Busch is more likely to win than say Truex is. Honestly, I think I think that I know that uh, Truex just won here at the last race. But I think Kyle Busch wants to prove a point. He he didn't win a race until Texas last year, and he was so he got he was out of the playoffs early last year. I think he's going to come out and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with this playoffs. That's actually a fantastic pick of Kyle Busch. Since 2010, he has one finish worse than 11th at Darlington. So you guys bet on the Bush brothers and Denny Hamlin for me. That that those are the three. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take any money out of my pocket and put it on Kyle Busch, but he finished third there in May. You know what? There, there you go. I'm I'm giving other people ways to make money, and if it if they lose money, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really am. Kyle Busch is such a good pick, dude. I'm looking. He has 19 races there, right? His finishes. I'm gonna go fast because it's 19. Are third, seventh, second, 26th, third, seventh, second, eleventh, seventh, sixth, sixth, fourth, eleventh, seventh, thirty fourth, first, thirty seventh, seventh, twenty third. So since 2010, I mean, argue since 2008, he only has two finishes outside the top 11. That's ridiculous. Yep. That and and also 750. I feel like 750 is good for Kyle. Like, yeah. I think that I think I think that 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 might be the pick right there, brother. That might be your race winner, Kyle Busch. Maybe I should have. I mean, look at the Xfinity cars, man. Those are hard to drive, and he dominates. Yep. Yeah, I like that Kyle Busch pick a lot. Like, I'm jealous. Uh, my second not shocked pick is Tyler Reddick. And in that, this will directly affect my round of 16 eliminations in a little bit. If Tyler Reddick doesn't hit the wall, I could see him winning. If he hits the wall, I see him getting eliminated this round. Yep. It's kind of- uh, who are your shocked? Go Shocked what? Shocked like, you'd be shocked win. if they won. Hmm. Shocked if they win, but they have a chance to win, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have a hot take on this one. <clears throat> Kyle Larson's not going to win this weekend. It's just not going to happen. So that's my first. That's my first guy. I just, I just don't have the gut feeling that Kyle Larson's going to win the first race. I know. I just had to take the over on the three. Um. I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's here. I don't think it's that Darlington. I. It would. 
You know what, though? He's won every other crown jewel this year. Like, except for the 500. Like, shit. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Kyle Larson is insanely good at Arlington, I've learned. His last three races, they were all top threes, but he hasn't won. Yeah, I retract three of his last statement. I uh, four of his last five are top three finishes, but he's never won that. So I just don't think Darlington is going to be like Homestead like until he wins. I don't think he's the favorite. I think he's going to win the championship, but not Darlington. <laughs> All right, so you would not put money, and you'd be shocked if he won Darlington. I guess I can't use him in the shocks category because it's like you can't be shocked if Kyle Larson wins. I'm just not expecting Agreed. him to win. But so I guess my shocked if they would win is Martin Truex. I think I'd be shocked if he wins. Because Interesting. I'd bet mine. I, I don't think I just don't think he's been that strong. Like I know he won here earlier in the year. But he's one of them that I think was definitely saving stuff for the playoffs. You think so? Oh, absolutely. I just don't know if you can save that much. Like, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Truex. I know it might not be the – there might not be any facts to back it up, but I'm retracting my Kyle Larson one, and I'm saying Truex hits the wall. I'm thinking he wrecks. Interesting. Um, my first shock is not far from you, actually. I think Christopher Bell, if he wins, I'd be stunned. Uh, yeah. Four cup races at Darlington. He has zero top tens. He was running top ten late in May, but he hit the wall and blew a tire. That's part of Darlington. I got to use that against him. So I'd be shocked if he won. Um, moving on, who's your second one? Cause I have nothing else to say on that. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm slacking here. I don't really have a second one. Um, That's fine. Uh, I'll tell you mine if you want to think about it. Yeah, l- let me hear yours, and I'll, 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 I'll meander. All right, well, I'm sorry, Evan, but I would be absolutely shocked if Ryan Blaney won at Darlington. Damn. He got eliminated in the round of 16 last season, and largely because of how bad he is at Darlington. Um, I don't see him winning three in a row. I think that hurts his chances even more. Guys are going to race him differently because he's whooping their ass lately. Um, but he's yeah, I'd be shocked if Blaney won. Ass. He's just there at the end. I mean, guys don't want to see the same guy in victory lane every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you got anyone else, or it's fine if you don't. Hmm. I I can't think of anybody. I, I I'd be shocked if Alex Bowman won. I guess. I I just don't think he'll win. I did. This this will come back to bite me. I'm sure everything I'm gonna say is. But <laughs> I, I, I I I don't see Alex Bowman getting a top five this week either. I I think he has a bad. I think he has a bad week this week. I, I think he has a bad first round. Sure, I know. Do you think he, he gets eliminated? I I know he wins Richmond. He he won Richmond, but before that late race restart, like he wasn't gonna win. I know, I know that restarts happen, and but that's just something you gotta keep in the back of your mind. If we don't get a late race restart, he doesn't win that race. I don't think he gets eliminated because he has the couple wins, so I think those bonus points will be good. And I don't necessarily think he wrecks. I just don't think he wins any races this round, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think people are expecting him to win this round. I think 
I think this is around people are thinking Alex Bowman is going to win a race in and lock himself into the next round because these are the kind of tracks that fit his style. The, the higher horsepower packages and the shorter tracks seem to be the ones he seems to do better at. Um, I, I, I don't think he wins one this round, though. I mean, that's fair. Uh, in his six races at Darlington and Hendrick Motorsports, only has two top tens. He did finish second there last year after leading 41 laps. Uh, and he finished 17th there in May, so I, I don't think you're wrong. I would be shocked if he wins too. Uh, moving on to the final segment of the podcast. It only makes sense to do this this week. We are, I want to do this with Evan. Maybe we'll get his point of view on Monday when we do the next episode. But the round of 16 eliminations, let's make predictions on that. We won't take as long as we did on the betting because that was part of the Darlington preview. But four drivers will be eliminated from the playoffs in three weeks. Um, who do you think one of those guys are? Well, I'll let you go first. I think Eric Almirola is a lock to be eliminated. The dude had a fast race. I have him on mine too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he had one fast race. I, I know you want to go quick, so I'm not going to go into it. Eric Almirola is out. He's out. The, uh, Michael McDowell, he's out. He's, it's going to happen. It, it's unfortunate. I think after those two guys is where it starts to get like, okay, who reps? Who? Who struggles? Who? And then you get into – so it's – I don't know who my other two are. I wouldn't say any of them are walks, but I think I, – I think Kevin Harvick might get eliminated first round. I, I know, I know, I know, but I think he might get out first round. I don't think – I just don't think SHR is that good. I, I mean, everybody sees it. Um, and then my fourth would probably honestly be Reddick. Because I I don't think he'll win. I think I think he could li- I think he could finish second. I I just don't think he'll win this week. It'd be really cool if he got his first win and it advanced him to the next round. And as an RCR fan, I'm I'm really hoping for that. Um, I I just don't think he will. I think he'll end up driving over his head just one time, and it'll screw him up. You know. So I think those are going to be my four. Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Michael McDowell, and the bum, Eric Almirola. <laughs> the bum. All right. So that list is pretty similar to mine. I went interesting on mine. I don't think McDowell gets eliminated. And I'm not just saying that for the podcast. I could genuinely see him advancing. Um, I think that a lot of guys are going to have bad luck throughout these three races. And as long as you get, like, top 15s every week, you should be fine. You know what I mean? But we just went over his these tracks. He doesn't even have a good chance of getting top 15s it doesn't seem like well on the contrary he won daytona in february and finished last last week so yeah that's true that's true that's true so i have five drivers i see vying for those four spots now one of them is if something happens to, to one of the other guys okay i'll tell you that is later so the first one tyler reddick like i said earlier if he doesn't hit the wall I could see him potentially winning the race. If he hits the wall, I don't think he's good enough at Richmond and Bristol. I don't think he's clutch enough just yet to claw his way back up. So, Reddick could either win or out. I think he'll just choke. I, I don't think he's ready yet. That, that's like, I haven't seen him prove anything yet. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's Finity, but that means nothing. Okay, so the second one is Kevin Harvick. Now, I'm a Kevin Harvick hater, but like you, Stuart Haas just isn't good. I, I don't think they'll be good. Um, their How tracks cool Kevin Harvick's good at. Found something in the playoffs, though. How cool would it be for them to struggle all year? It'd be a reversal of last year because they had a great regular season, and then just 
fumbled the bag at the end of the playoffs. How cool would it be that if they screwed the whole regular season, limped into the playoffs, then found something and went on a tear? I, I don't think it happens, but it would be a sweet story. I would love it. I know you hate Harvey. Like I, like I said earlier, um, teams have been focusing in the playoffs and sacrificing the regular season. Would you be shocked if Harvick did that or Superhouse as a whole did that? No, not at all. I mean, wh- the thing is, is you saw the speed at Loudon. Eric Almarola was so fast at Loudon, I don't understand it. And it's like. I mean, Kevin was fast that day, too. And where was this? Where has that been the rest of the year? Why was it just at the track I was at? Am I some stort hot <laughs> good luck charm? Like, I'll go in the bathroom and make sure that never happens again. Like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. Like, oh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I could totally see Stuart Haas being really not good, but decent in the playoffs enough to get through to the round of 12. I could see both advancing. You know, they all, they had what, all four in the round of eight in 2018 or three of the four in the round of, the round of eight. So I could, but I, I predict Harvey getting eliminated. I also predict Eric Amarola getting eliminated because of what you said. Um, now, here's a shocker. Shouldn't be a shocker. It's going to be a shocker. And I'm not just saying this because of Evan. I predict Blaney getting eliminated in the round of 16. Oh, come he on. did it literally last year. Literally last year, he got eliminated in the round of 16. He's not good at Darlington. He's not good at Richmond. And he is good at Bristol, but he wrecks there a lot. So, if he finishes 24th, on Sunday, and then he finishes 22nd at Richmond and gets in a must-win at Bristol. Do you think Ryan Blaney's clutch enough to do that? Yes. Honestly. I honestly think he could clutch a win out of Bristol. Every So you, you say how he wrecked a lot. Can we look back at some of these wrecks? And, like, I well, know they definitely weren't traffic. his fault, but you got to avoid it. Traffic is part of Bristol, but come on. He was... I, it was one of the night races. He was just spanking the field, like beating him up. Dude, he's done him it up. multiple times. And I, and I think he's learned from those. You know, patiently aggressive is a term that was told to me when I used to race. You got to be patiently aggressive. I think that's something Blaney has learned. I, I could see him. I think that would be awesome. To, pretty cool, too, is if he was in like a must-win situation in Bristol and he won it. That would be really cool. I think. Because it is a track he could do it at. Those must-win situations, by the way, I think in the playoffs, like I know the elimination thing and like I know the playoffs aren't the best and everybody has their things. But I love, I love, I love, I love those Game 7 things where you got to win. Oh, I just like the playoff format, but I enjoy the drama. Yeah, it, it sucks – for like a racing aspect because it's like this shouldn't be how we crown a champion for a whole year but I I love the game seven aspect I'm a huge basketball fan and my favorite thing is watching who performs in the clutch who 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 shrinks who who gets big so I'm, I'm so and excited. I do not think Blaney will perform in the clutch but with that said if Blaney does advance right if he does or if Redick advances or Harvick advances the guy I think that doesn't and drops down. I think he's safe now, but if it, it takes one person to do something good and he's out, I think it's Brad Keselowski. And I don't think that's a hot take. No, like you, you, you mentioned this earlier. Brad is leaving Penske to go to another team as an owner next year. Penske has Logano and Blaney in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to sabotage Brad, but I don't think Brad's been good enough this year. 
And I don't think they care enough about seeing the two car win a championship and they do the 12 or the 22. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, they want Brad to win one. But I think if they had to choose, they'd rather Joey or Ryan get it over Brad. I saw, Maybe that's just me being weird. No, no, it's not at all. It, it, you're not weird at all for that. I saw his uh, interview with Bob Pockris, and it, not that it made me tear up or anything, but he, how he said, like, pretty much when he left the building, he was like, damn, with, like, the COVID protocols coming back and shit. He was like, this might be my last time in this building. And I still remember um, watching the interview he had with somebody talking about his first time in the Penske shop when he got the offer to go cup racing. So it, Brad's somebody that I've uh, – we grew – but, I mean, he, you make solid points. He's, he's going to a new team. It really wouldn't shock me to see if – I really hope they don't do that that they give him good equipment and that he could go out on top, but it's just not realistic. Yeah, so if one of those four get in, Harvick, Reddick, or Blaney, I'm not even saying Sarah Comerill. I can't say that straight face. I think Brad is the one that drops out. Um, what are you going to do? And then obviously, the championship or a race? No, another race in advances. Can you imagine? Honestly, I, I poop on Eric Comerill a lot. But I want him to do good. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah. I don't think he deserves his ride. But I don't want to see the guy fail. He's not a bad um, guy. And that's not what I try to say. But it's just like, man, I, I'm just bitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. Um, but that's basically it. This was a longer episode than we usually do. Um, probably because I'm a rambler. I'm sorry. I mean, Evan does the same thing. So I, don't, I, I feel like this was a pretty good episode. So. I want to thank you for coming on. You got any last thoughts? No. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm going to log off here, go uh, take some vitamins, and have a good rest of my night. And uh, I hope you do as well, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you for keeping Evan's seat warm. Uh, Evan, we miss you, buddy, and I can't wait to have you back Sunday night for the next episode. So that was the Darlington preview. Uh, I'm Grayson. He's Cody. And as always, we'll see you guys next time. Later.